Welcome to Event Marketing Redefined, a show where we teach you how to create immersive and meaningful face-to-face -face experiences that drive real results for your business. I'm your host, trade show and event marketing expert, Matt Kleinrock. Now let's get started. What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another episode of Event Marketing Redefined. I'm your host, Matt Kleinrock, CEO with Rockway Exhibits and Events. And today I have Amanda Ma on. She is the founder and CEO of Innovate Marketing Group. Today we're talking about hosting your own event versus exhibiting at a trade show. And really we're going to dive into B2B corporate events, host events, summit events, try to give you a little bit of an idea on when you should be considering hosting your own event how to host your own event, the strategy of hosting your own event, and give you as much good information as we can. Amanda, welcome. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Been looking forward to this. Awesome. Thank you. Yes, this would be cool because I do think the the host event, the summits, the user conferences, the more, I don't want to call them intimate because a lot of them are large. They're 500 plus, 1,000 people plus. But <laughs> this is a trend that I'm seeing and have been seeing with corporations is going to saying, hey, let's run our own thing. You know, let's make it what we want to make it. So let's start here. When do you think it's a good idea to host a B2B corporate event, right? Like when should a company be considering hosting their own event? I mean, depending on scale, I definitely think you need to build up that list first. The last thing you want to do is host an event and nobody attends, right? So yeah. you have to make sure your leads are very substantial. Or it could be if you're thinking 100 people only, I'm, I'm thinking like, a thousand, three thousand people. So perhaps you want to start at a hundred first. Like I remember in the past when we produced our signature event, we started with 200 people. And then from there, it went to a thousand, two thousand, right? So it doesn't necessarily always have to start big, but it's very important that you have, if you want to have 200 people show up, you should have a list of a thousand because not everybody will come. What do you think about in terms of like, you know, large scale corporate events versus like smaller, more intimate corporate events. Because I think the smaller, more intimate corporate event is coming on strong here in the last mm -hmm. year or two. I hear it more and more as a discussion, more and more as a strategy. What are your thoughts on the difference of the two and basically when to go small, intimate, you know, when to go large at 500 plus, 1,000 plus? I, I would say it really depends on the program, but I do agree there are a lot more what we call micro events that are done really well, like more quality yeah. because the people that are there, when you go to a conference for a thousand people, you're not going to meet all thousand of them. Yeah. Right. So, but when you go to a micro event, maybe only a hundred people, the chances like you probably will meet each one of them a lot more and build better, more extensive connectivity. So your programming is very important, how you want to kind of curate that experience. I would say it's definitely for the deeper relationship that you want to establish. So that is a good point. Like when you're thinking of what is the purpose, right, of this event? Is it for math communication or is it really to cultivate these, a smaller group of relationship and go from there? Then that will help you dictate the size of your event, what is more appropriate. What do you think about outcomes, right? I mean, you've planned a lot of corporate events. You've, you've, you've strategized them. You've executed them. You've worked in and out of them. What are some outcomes that companies are seeking when they plan and run their own corporate events? What are some examples? You know what? We talked about this last time too, when we we're prepping for this call. I think the intentionality is so important and yeah. begin with the end in mind. I think that is such a great approach. You have to be clear 
about what the KPIs are from the beginning, because that's how you can curate the program really strategically versus just, okay, it's going to be a big event, a small event. No, what is, what do you want to accomplish? Right. So a lot of time people have, like recently, one of the financial institute, they curated a hundred people event, but these are like high net worth folks. And it's yeah. just, I mean, they're billionaires. I just put the threshold. Okay. That's literally the threshold. You have to be a billionaire. Otherwise you're not even invited. But this financial institute brought on speakers that really speak to these billionaires, like their pain points and what it is that they're interested in. And of course, their ultimate goal is to convert more of these people into their clients. They're, they had a mix that was already their client, but they also say, okay, you know, Matthew, you're a billionaire. Please bring your bring another billionaire friend, right? So that's how they're trying to grow their customer base. So they're very intentional about what it is that they want the event to accomplish. What's funny is doing so many of these podcasts and talking everything from trade shows to brand activations to to more of like the meeting planning side to <laughs> intimate events to big corporate events. They're all so similar-ish in the sense of like every smart person I talk to, every experienced person I talk to is it's saying, hey, like who is the audience? Who is the customer? And everything has to be tailored to them. And I think, and I don't know if you think this too, one of the traps that I have seen people customers, clients, corporate people get into is kind of doing what they think it not is cool, but like what they think would work or what they would want to do versus really factoring who are these people. So you're talking high net worth billionaires. It's an example. What, what value can you bring to them? Right? Like, cause a good experience, probably not going to bring all that much value because they're used to doing and having everything in the world. Right? So it's, truly understanding that audience and delivering value to them that they are going to find valuable and walk away from like, God, that was helpful. Like, man, that was really good. Needed that. Yeah. They actually brought in a mental health expert, actually a Harvard, you know, he's PhD, you can, you yep. name it. He's got all the credentials, but apparently billing, I mean, a lot of times when you get to that level and then some of these are family own money, Right, they're yeah. fighting internally within the family. So that's why like that mental health expert was so important. And that turned out to be actually one of their favorite sessions. Wow, interesting. And even just on that note, let's talk about feedback loops, right? Because you get corporate event marketers that are running events year over year, year after year, kind of event to event. How important is feedback loops from the people attending your events? Oh, super important. The last thing you want to do is keep repeating the same mistake, right? I think always, always are surveyed. Then you're looking at to continue best practices and then adjust what needs to be adjusted. Because you mentioned it. I mean, it's all about the attendee journey at the end of the day, right? Yes, you set an intention for the purpose of the event, but what? It, who is the target market? What's the demographic? And then you set that attendee journey. And if something is not necessarily... 100% that needs to be adjusted, then that's something you have to be aware of, right? I think, especially after COVID, I think one thing we've been sharing with a lot of clients and continue to share is like programming, 
no long programming. We need to break it up more shorter programming, more impactful. None of these like two hour long keynote speakers. It needs to be half an hour or fireside chat because otherwise people will just lose interest. And those are the things that will show up in the surveys, right? And then know which kind of the speakers they really gravitated towards versus the ones that are just like, eh, that didn't really hit where I was here. You know, yeah. what is the true value to get them out to even attend your event, whether it's corporate event or trade show? So two things on what you just said that I think is in, well interesting or I want to get to. One is the first question I'll ask you is how you have any tips, ideas, ways of getting good feedback. That would be number one, right? Like after post event or during the event, I think you should always be looking to do both there. And then the second piece is just from my conversations, our clients own stuff, discussions around sponsorships, activations, and is everybody is looking for more peer to peer. Everybody's looking for more community, more discussion. They don't want to be spoke at, they want to be spoke with in a way. They want to be a part of the conversations. So just want to get your thoughts on those two things, the feedback, how to get best feedback, and then essentially more peer-to-peer -peer discussion and your thoughts. Feedback, it has to be immediate. If possible, I always say try to do it on site. And nowadays with mm -hmm. QR codes, I mean, it's so accessible, right? Just like take a minute and just do the do it there. And then versus sending out post-event. I feel like when you send out post-event, and if you do send out post-event, it should be the next business day, not a week later, two weeks later. People will probably even fo have forgotten about your event. That's how fast things are moving in the world right now. right? So doing it right away. And also, you have your team member or your ambassador. Spread them out and just have them ask. Get real time. Like, Matt, how was your experience so far? What was your highlight? I always love asking the highlight and then the, you know, their least favorite moment. Yeah. And then would they refer this event to another friend? Because yeah. ultimately, if they, the answer is yes, that means we're doing something right. And then the rest of the question is really getting to what was done right. And so that we can repeat that again. Nice. You know, you know what it makes me think? I've always, I love this idea. I've not been able to like execute it through one of our clients just yet because but is the idea of like, I think feedback is an obvious, right? People offer things, they send gift cards, they do, right? So for me, it's like the elephant in the room is that we need the feedback. We absolutely need it. And we know it's kind of a pain in the ass for you to give it, right? You don't, you want to be left alone. So me, I've always thought like a funny way is like anytime there's an elephant in the room at events, I think you should be, use humor or obvious, the, the obvious side of things to, to execute. So like I would have like um like a beer cart or like a happy hour cart or like an ice cream cart or something that like people a hundred percent would want in the moment at the event. And it's basically saying beer for feedback, right? Or wine for feedback. And people I think would find that kind of funny. It's like saying like, hey, like look, we absolutely need your feedback. But, you know, we're going to give you beer and wine, but give us five minutes and just give us really solid feedback so we can make this better. I've always thought that would work, but I've not been able to execute yet. <laughs> I love it. I want to go to one of your events, Matt. Okay. But, you know, <laughs> but your point is making it a little bit more fun. And it's also yeah. like how you said it, say it. So mm -hmm. to give you an example and put it into perspective, recently we did an influencer event. So at the end of the event, yes, we had the capture and then we had to do the not so, you know, you're leaving. You don't want, the last thing you want to do is do a survey. But guess what? We had team members already in place and they say, hey, before you head out, can you do this quick survey? It will only take you five 
three minutes actually is very short but and then at first people were like ah, but then the team members were doing such a great job because guess what they said did you enjoy the event and they all said yes absolutely say this survey is going to help us make sure we do more of these events and we get to invite you well now it correlates to them why does it matter to them right it's like we're doing this because it's going to make a better experience for you so we could do more of these really amazing events and invite you and they're like oh, okay yeah let me do it let me you know and a lot of them just end up saying so it's also how you kind of approach the ask yeah i think a lot of times it comes down to convenience for me right i mean like as much of an event producer myself and my company are for trade shows events activations and like i'm also an event consumer I go to events. I go to four, five, six a year where I'm an attendee. And I am, I also know this too. Like I'm in my own world. Like I don't, I don't want to be consumed and being asked of things. And I want it to be convenient. I want it to be convenient. I want to be given an experience. I want to have fun. Right. So I always try to reverse that on events or experiences that we're helping strategize and produce, which is like, you know, make those things if 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 it's a tough ask and you don't want to do it make it funny make it like you know any anything you can do there to make things more convenient or fun for people i think always works what okay so let's let's talk a little bit more like event like b2b corporate event execution like checklist like let's say you're an event marketer you know you're working for whomever and you're going to run user conference summit a customer event whatever you want to call it what are like key elements, key things mm-hmm. that you're focusing on that you think uh, contribute to what my belief is, is that a, a memorable event is always a winner, right? So like, what are key elements that are contributing to that, that you're focused on? That's a great question. So we follow our, we have an impact process here at our agency that we follow. It starts with I for impact and it stands for innovate. I think the a lot of time people get very stagnant in terms of the events they do, you know, because they're like, I was told to do this. We do this every year. Yes, exactly. That's what to be, you know, but really like, how can we continue to innovate? What are some wow factors, right? There's so many new innovation every year that comes out. How can we incorporate that? Are there any surprise and delight? I think we talked a little bit about that a little bit earlier too. I think we love incorporating surprise and delight. Right. So that's like the first step to mission M for mission. And that's what we also touch upon a little bit, like the why. Why are you doing this event? What are the goals? What are the KPIs? And don't set too many KPIs because then it becomes unachievable. Have a focus. I would usually say three is the magic number. And then ultimately, you want to make sure this event has a purpose, right? So that's why the mission is so important. And I feel like this is the one step that a lot of people skip because they just want to hurry and do it and get it over with and done, right? And then they're like, why is my event not successful? And then we talk about the mission. They're like, oh, we we didn't even talk about that. Nobody even asked me that. You're the first agency that asked us that. We're like, well, great. This is why our events will be a lot better. Yeah. Next step is P, stands for planning which of course is the biggest piece that has like the prep, all the meetings, working with, you know, whether it's choosing a venue to the vendors that you incorporate is, and then we, it's very important. Like a venue is such a big element in terms of the event because it can really set the tone, 
right? We recently did an event and literally it was for a bank and we found a super old museum that used to be um, the distributor of money, which is also a bank. So that like we tie in through the whole history and we could talk about that. So it was very intentional. So that's the P and then A for attendee experience. And this is my absolute favorite, really going through what is the attendee journey, right? And then mapping that out with your team, like from the moment that I received the invitation to the communication, to getting to the valet, what were I experienced to not even entering the event yet, right? So that whole journey, what is the experience that I can expect? I love that one, by the way, I like not to break this up, but like, I love the attendee journey, putting yourself in their shoes, right? It's like, I mean, we have a similar process for trade show booths specifically with our customers. And one of the questions we always ask is like, I am your ICP. I am your ideal client profile. You, You know, like I come walking up, what happens? What's my experience? What happens the minute I walk up to registration or I walk up to a demo stand or I walk up to something you have rigged that's engaged me? What next? What? You know, and getting someone to think through that entire process and what that could look like for somebody, I think is such a pivotal thing that people don't do. So keep going. You have for impact, yes. you have innovate, <laughs> mission, planning, attendee experience. I screwed you up. Sorry, but just no worries. Not and I was gonna uh, add to it, like make it fun. I feel like Matt, you and I are really fun. So I think that's why I always try to encourage something fun, you know. And come on, a tree show especially is so much information. Like make it a little bit fun. And you know what? Yeah. I went to a huge trade show one year, and the station that was the most popular. And keep in mind, the demographic was, what, 60s male. So the station, the booth that was the most popular was actually a station that was doing golf putting and giving away I was going to say golf simulator, and I didn't want to say it because I didn't want to be like, you know, making uh, making stereotypes. But yeah, I was going to do it. You said golf putting, same thing. And I'm thinking, wow, it must be brilliant activation. And literally, it was not. I mean, not that it was, it was Burley in the fact that they know who the know your demographic is. Yeah. You, you know? know, so that's, that's yep. attending experience. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then we talked about demographic. That's super important because it does have a huge di- differentiator between Gen Z, millennials, oh, yeah. sure baby does. boomers. You really got to yep. look at that. And then see for the next step of the improv process is communication. A lot of times people do these amazing events. Well, guess what? They they almost like hold in like a secret. And we always say, well, why don't you do some sneak peek or share a little bit? Don't share everything. But if you have a huge speaker coming in or something amazing that's going to happen at the trade show or fun things that's happening at the trade show, please share. I mean, that's more reason for people to attend. You got to communicate that, right? And the communication is so crucial because I've been to events where... Literally, I arrive and then it's like, where's the parking? You don't is know what's going on. Parking is a valet park. Yeah. And there's no staff, no sign. It's like, did I get yep. the event day wrong? Yeah. The confusion leads to frustration at times, which then leads to not a good experience. Yeah, exactly. And that's part of the experience, the communication. So really making sure you communicate to not only their attendees, but also internal team, what to expect. Yeah. And mm-hmm. last but not least is for T for the turnkey and the, the team, right? Making sure everybody is on the same page 
so that we can execute together. Events are not a silo project. And then that team really is not only your own team, but also any stakeholders and vendors so that everybody is on the same page. And that's the impact process. No, that's good. No, I think it's a great breakdown. And I think that's something that people could take on their own and utilize, right? Like with yes. Innovate, it's just literally the idea of like, don't do what you did last year because you stopped telling me you think it worked, right? Like, great. People want new the next year and something you think worked might've sucked and you should change it, right? So the Innovate, just the idea is good. Mission, great. I love this. The why. Tell me why. Give me the purpose. Tell me what's the meaning behind all of this. You, you know, that'll roll you into goals and things that really matter. The planning piece, obvious and a good one. Attendee experience, right? I interrupted you on that one. I love it. Communication. I think this one is funny because you're right. You can just get lost in not knowing that something was happening or something went on. Like, like you have an offsite activation, like a fun speakeasy thing that you did, but no one knew. So what does it do for you? And then last, the team. I think being on the same page, I think this is a good one, right? Because it is internal communication, whether it's buy-in from stakeholders or whether it's being aligned with sales, go-to-market, marketing, events, all the different departments in these big companies. How do they all know what's going on and the vibe, the theme, the the goals, the objectives, can everybody be aligned as to why this event is happening and what we're trying to accomplish at a minimum. If you have everybody aligned on those things, everybody's behavior will be more in step, I guess, if that makes sense. Yes. For I like sure. impact. It's a good, I, I like that a lot. It's a good rundown. Thank you. Yeah. Let's talk about event design, right? I, I love event design because I love all design because it's a big proponent of what we do, actually sketching and bringing things sort of visually to life for people. So tell me a little bit about event design, which I think has two pieces. One is more of like a 3D showing somebody something visual. And then the other piece is event design, like actually designing the way this whole thing should look, feel, flow. Yeah, design is part of under... P, by the way, it just okay. He is so long, so plenty in design color. But design is huge because at the end of the day, the design is what really shines through, right? People can see the branding. I think that's always first and foremost. There are some booths I go to. I'm like, who's the brand or what's the brand? And I'm like looking for the branding. I mean, it should be very obvious, right? And then in terms of the, it should be over colors, obvious, right? I mean, I, I mean, yes, wouldn't you agree it that, be, that it... people should not have to guess? You know, I, I, I say all the time, one thing that sticks out in my brain when you say that is like, I'm a big golfer, right? I love golf. I watch a lot of PGA tour golf. So every PGA tournament is an event essentially. And years ago, rocket mortgage took over as the main sponsor for a golf tournament that's in Detroit and you know, rocket mortgage, their logo is red with the rocket more is it is bright, sharp red. And when they became the sponsor of this golf tournament, I mean, when you're watching the golf tournament on TV, all the grandstands and the fairways and the greens are lined with grandstands and they're all bright red. I mean, it sticks in my brain. So like it, there is no question that Rocket Mortgage is the sponsor of that. So that always makes me think like when you do an event to your point is you should never be wandering knowing like whose event is this? What's going on here ever? 
Yeah. And it really, you know, the design could also come through in when you think about like the inno being innovative, right? Something different, something that stands out. I think certain time, especially at trade show, there's quote unquote certain looks or event, there's certain looks. But be be I think I think we're out there to take a little bit of risk, you know. And I think oh, those yeah. are what's really fun. And when we have taken those risks, like a simple step and repeat, for example, we change it up on how it's expectations. So there's one that we actually build out instead of a step and repeat, it's still a step and repeat and it has the brand names, but we also made it in combination of a mix of champagne wall. So now it serves as a champagne wall and it has the brand. So people can drink and take pictures at the same time, but it's just more interactive, right? So it's really fun. And I have also seen other people integrate the step and repeat with the 360, virtual not virtual 360 video booth so i've also seen that done before like mixing and kind of mixing the two ideas i think that's super creative as well and they're already leveraging it's they're building out another space for the video booth design is huge i that's one of my favorite part because it shines through and people can see and nowadays it's not about singular okay here's a selfie area it's a lot like it's you're creating an experience at the moment you step into the event. And hopefully mm-hmm. there's different moments that allows you to encourage you and just prompt you to want to take more photos at the event. And you know, I say all the time, I say to people like the first sense at any event is sight. What you see and design is what you're going to see, the visual appeal of something. And most people who are in at event, they want some form of upscale, higher end, they... They want to feel like they're at an experience, you know? And I think one of the things that that I've always encouraged people, particularly when we do design work, we are big proponents of looking at the brand and the logo, the shape, the feel, the vibe of, a, of an actual, you know, visual of a logo of a company that's running an event and trying to incorporate that into it, whether it's flow or shape or just features that gives them some idea to connect the dot back to the brand. You know what I mean? Like it, it connects it like, Oh, I get that. Like they're hanging that from the ceiling and it's the same shape as their brand, but it's a direction signal or it's this, like you just get this energy and vibe in really good design that people cue into. Yeah. I love it. I mean, I, one of my, it's fun. You, you're a hundred percent right. In terms of the first sense is sight. Right. I remember going to one event. It was very well done. And their signage, instead of saying, putting your phone away, they wrote, you can leave your phone in your bag because we have interesting people here. And it's just like a little humor on the yeah. sign. I just thought, yeah. oh, maybe they aren't really like, you know, and I did put my phone away because I'm like, I'm, but that also allows you to be more present, right, yep. at the event too. So, so many fun ways to incorporate design. Tell me, what kind of like checklist would you give somebody a new event marketer, right? Running an event, working at a company or being consulted in like, what's kind of like a checklist for them that they just have to go through for a big corporate event? I, mean, I would it's say just- it's part of the impact process. That's our checklist for our client. We literally go through that and make sure, or you're talking more about design. I would say 
maybe more on like execution. Like, are there certain pillars that they have to make sure they're focusing in on? Like, like my brain would go like impact for me, the way you guys have it said is like an overall piece, but I would go more into the planning side of it, hotel, right. Food and beverage. And then you have like actual design. Are there certain things that you would encourage people to make sure that they have a checklist for? I mean, in terms of the overall process, we always say, make sure you do a kickoff meeting. I, mm, I always love that because initially a lot of brands that we work with is, you know, I typically do the contract, I pass it on to the team. So it's very much important to make sure everybody's aligned. And it's, it's the same thing on the client side, right? So it's usually the CMO that we're talking to and he passes it on to, he or she passes it on to their people. So it's like the two are people working together, but, you know, you have to make sure there's clarity and while Sometimes doing negotiations, certain terms go back and forth, or the clients, sometimes they already changed their, some of the elements or strategies, I would say, you know, by the time it kind of evolved. So you want to make sure everybody's on the same page and then really, really setting that expectation, right? Uh, the KPI, I mean, that's huge. I talk about that, but that is still part of our prep process. Like we'll go through making sure we're the KPI and really sharing the fact that I think at the end of the day, we're, we are trusted advisor and how we can work best is that we don't hold back. You know, there are some clients that are like, it's going to be a surprise or we have this, we we can't, you know, we're like, we sign all the NDA already. So just share with us because by knowing those factors, it's only going to help us help you enhance and amplify your event. So really for them to understand that relationship as well. And then we do go through like the master timeline. That's always key in planning out the entire journey of the event from beginning to end, from sourcing the venue to the catering to everything else that's involved to literally tell event strike and after, you know, some of these events are so big, the strike itself is quite extensive. So having that master timeline and making sure both sides signs off on it is very important. And really going through like the key deadlines. I think that's always, always really crucial because some are soft deadlines, but there are others are hard deadlines. So, and then nowadays, because of the shorter turnaround time, these hard deadlines come up really fast. So making sure everybody's safe page, you never want to be caught off guard, like Matt, your headcount's due today, like right now. That's too late. You got to communicate that upfront. Matt should already know upfront that's coming up so that he can anticipate this, right? So we, we're, we're in this together. I say it should never be a surprise to the client. And of yeah. course, the, you know, we always do a lot of check-in and that's what the status meetings are for and just making sure there's very consistent communication as well. Clients hate surprises. And if you are the client planning your own, like you're an event marketer at a company running your own, you shouldn't want any surprises for yourself either. And, and if you're working with somebody like Amanda's team or my team or someone, you shouldn't want surprises from us, especially as a piece of what we're paid for. What do you think about one trend I've seen? And I think it's just a smart trend. It's probably been going on for a long time, but I'm kind of discussing it with more and more people is like leveraging the city, the site, the hotel, the vibe, the venue, leveraging that for theme, right? Like, you know, you're trying to do stuff differently year over year. And I think there's, you know, there's obviously a big difference between doing a event at a hotel in Palm Beach versus doing an event at a hotel in Montana, 
right? So like, what are your thoughts on leveraging the city, leveraging the site? Oh my God, you got to do it. That's what's unique. And that's what kind of keeps it fresh. So like to give an example, we did a company retreat out in Nashville this year and we totally leaned into Nashville. So the whole thing was, now I'm like skipping the name, but even the design was like totally Nashville. And then next year we we'll go to a different city. Guess what? We're going to lean into that city too. And even the activities are different, right? It's also a chance for people to really explore. And I think that being in different cities sometimes is very attractive. And don't get me wrong. We have had clients say, well, when this, we like this hotel, we just want to come back here. And that's 100% okay. But you could also have a different theme, even if you're at the same hotel. That that really helps keep it fresh so that something people look forward to, not just like, oh, another conference, mm -hmm. same as last year. Well, just think, I mean, for like a Nashville, like, you know, the idea of that for theming something is, you know, one year you could do an entire music theme, an entire country music theme. You know what I mean? Or just music specifically. You know, next year, if you did back in Nashville, it could be a little bit more of a country-ish theme, but without without as much music emphasis. Like you can morph it slightly in different places to give a little bit of like, you know, the variation that essentially you would want from event to event. What are some of like, some of the best companies you work with and some of the best events that you've, you've either run or been a part of, what are some of the best companies and events doing that others are not? Some of the best companies, so many, I mean, we have, a, we're grateful. We have lots of good clients. I would say the ones that are doing it well is definitely leaning into the attendee journey. They care about the attendee. They know it's not all about the sales at the end of the day. I mean, that is important, don't get me wrong, but they focus a lot on the attendee journey. They really, you know, have us, when we design the program for them, when we design the experience, we kind of go through that, you know, and they care about even, we did a huge corporate event this year and the client's like, well, where where's the attendee going to pick up their VIP gifts? And you would think, well, why does that matter? Well, we are on the multi-layer venue, so it does matter, right? So we put it at the bottom and they were thinking, I mean, by the right before the valet, so by the entrance where they register near the registration. And they say, oh, why don't we put it you know, upstairs? So right when they come out for the event, they could get their gift. And they say, no, because then we don't want them to have to hold it. This gift happened to be pretty substantial, so it is a little bit heavy. So we say it's better that as they walk down, they're surprised and delight at the end. And plus, because it is a little bit heavy, then they don't have to carry it all the way. But these are things that people may not necessarily think about. But the, for the client, it was very important. They're big on the experience, right? Or the thing we did, a East meets West kind of thing. And then we incorporate even the food, the culture. And that just made it that much more interesting and differentiate the event from other events that a lot of people go to. You know, really, really integrate. And then another one that's really good is brands collaborating with brands. If they happen to have the same demographic, leverage each other's network, right? And then doing one event, you could put more budget behind it. Now, but now you have more visibility because you guys are targeting the same clients. So those are like some of the best practices I've seen. And I would encourage more clients to do that. 
Nice. I like those. I'm a big proponent of leveraging events to create content for two purposes. One, for repurposing of that content for marketing. And for two, to elongate an event, right? To make an event seem longer and bigger than it truly was for a couple of days. So what have you seen done? What has worked in terms of creating content, follow-up, nurturing after the event, community, anything in that space where someone's trying to, you know, create content, utilize that content, repurpose, just extend the life of an event, even follow-up as well. Okay. Well, I think we had done a few ways or one event. So the client was actually shooting it for a commercial. So at the entrance, and we communicate this upfront. If you're going to attend this event, please know we will ask you to turn your phone at the beginning of the event. Yeah. And you do not get it back until the end of the event. Yeah. It's like a code check, but for your phone. Because literally this brand turned the entire experience into one of their commercials. And we had so many different, we had like graffiti artists. We rented this home and we completely transformed transform this home there's another client where they leverage the contents but it's a lot of i would say the contents that's used when they're on site we're not doing as many like pre or post yet they're integrating some of the people to create content before to entice other attendees to come but most of the content is done on site and then again as we design that experience for the event to have those elements incorporated so that the content is very intentional. Like you go to these spots. Like those. I think those are, you know, those are good in the sense that people are really trying to get more out of the event, right? Like you're trying mm -hmm. to get more than out of like what's actually there that day, extend it and have it kind of live on longer. And you know, I think it's obviously important to make sure you do that at all your events. Yes. And you know what? I have to say, Matt, there's one that's not new. It's been done forever, but really just getting attendee testimonial on site. Those yeah. are some of the best videos. And I don't understand why people, more people should do it because guess what? When people are there, they're happy. They're in the moment. They're excited. Yep. And obviously you pick people who really like the event and then you will interview them. Right. And then you could use those content for promoting your event next year. And those are yeah. like, more people should be doing that. Got to get them while they're happy, you know, got to yes. get them in the And moment, they look good. They look good. Yeah. Yeah. At the events, people are, you know, dressed up nice. They're ready for the, yeah, that's good. That's a good point. All right. Let's wrap up here. I want to, I want to close and I want to talk about, which, which I have a few here I want to go to, but let's go back to the attendee journey and the event experience. Cause I think it's such a vital thing that people have to plan for and integrate into their events when they're executing. So, I mean, what does it look like to focus on event experience and like, where do people get it wrong? When they don't do one of the things I mentioned impact <laughs> or when they just don't look at feedback, I think it's just kind of um, rinse and repeat redoing just like, okay, this is going through the motion. Yep. Right. And not asking people for feedback because sometimes feedback is hard. I understand. Right. They don't want to hear that their event is boring. But you know what? All that can change for the better. This is yep. all to help improve. Right. And it's not to say everything is boring, but it could be just that one speaker or the way even sometimes just changing up the way the room is set up. Like we did one conference instead of doing the whole event in theater we actually did half in classroom and then half in theater 
because a lot of people like to take, some people like to take notes on their laptop so that, and then people that are usually more engaged happen to sit in the front anyways. So it just really helped divide up the room. And then on the last day where we usually know the conference, you know, some people fly early. We don't want the room to look like a bunch of empty seats. So we were very intentionally removed one fourth of the seating in the back. Mm, love that. So then it's not a bunch of people scatter. They have to, they're forced to sit more in the front. That's a pro move. That's a pro tip right there without question. Removing seating the last day because people are bailing and getting the hell out of there. That's a really good move. I love that one. You know, one thing, I don't know how you feel about this, but I would say one thing that I'm always a proponent of is pushing people to do stuff differently. Try things. Don't play it safe, right? Now, I don't, I always say like, don't do stuff that's just like off the rails just to do stuff that's off the rails. It always has to make sense in terms of who the attendee is, why they are there, right? The foundation. That's why like what you're saying about impact is so important. Your mission, your customer, the audience journey, but like you got to try stuff. You got to try to do stuff different because I've been to events where people do attempt stuff and essentially they are like, ah, that didn't hit, but I appreciate they did it, right? So my voice, my advice is always like do stuff differently make an attempt great advice yes you gotta change it up to keep it fresh yeah you do all right amanda this was fun love that nugget you dropped at the end about removing the chairs it's so silly but it's such a good one it's such a such a pro move amanda how do people find you how do people find your company innovate marketing group you can find us on innovatemkg.com or if you're looking for me you can check out linkedin and just amanda ma Cool. Easy enough. Amanda, thanks for being here. Thanks for talking to us about corporate events. We appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. I always love talking about events. I could do this all day long. Awesome. Cool. Maybe we'll talk soon then. I appreciate it. You've been listening to Event Marketing Redefined. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to our show in your favorite podcast player. Want to learn more about how to make your next event stand out? Follow me, Matt Kleinrock, on your LinkedIn or join our Facebook community. Thank you for listening.